0: I want to start out by saying uh, it was September 12th during praise and worship. I was in the back. I was the lead usher at that time. Pastor Roger was up here. I just happened to look up and see that round circle right there. And God said, That's not happenstance that that's round. So that got my attention. He said, With your praise and worship, that opens a portal. Between heaven and earth. That's why we feel the, the, the presence of God. That's why we feel the presence of the Holy Spirit, is because He has opened a portal through our praise and worship, and He's here amongst us. So I just want to throw that out there. The title of my message today is Faith Times Expectation Equals Miracles. I hate to tell you that wasn't my first choice for titles. It wasn't. Uh, you know, the Lord gave me all the scriptures and how He wanted me to do it and all that. So I said, well, the only thing left is a title. So I'm thinking of titles and I came up with two faith plus expectation equals miracles. As soon as I thought that, another thought came in my mind faith times expectation equals miracles so I'm kind of weighing the two and I'm, I'm thinking to myself well faith plus expectation equals miracle. it rolls off the tongue better that's what I'm going to go with and as soon as I made that decision in my mind I heard God say I don't think I only think in multiplications so you see who won the argument so I got a couple definitions for you today and it's amazing how everything we've heard what Pastor Roger has said what Pastor Heather has said what Pastor Leanne has said faith complete trust or confidence in someone or something well that someone of course we know is God complete trust in that person and I will read off the screen today because I can see that better than I can the words in my Bible So, note to self, next time I get a Bible, I need the big words so I can see them better. I can see that great. So, I'm going to be reading off this today. So, that's the the definition of faith. Okay, that's expectation. A strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. That's what expectation is. So, with these definitions in our mind, let's go to the scripture. The first scripture I want to talk about is Revelation. Revelation 12 11 says, They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Okay, I'm going to touch all over that before we get done. But have you ever wondered what it meant by the word of their testimony? You know, I just thought it was an encouraging thing. You know, I have a testimony, you know... uh, you know, I may be going through so or Debbie may be going through something, I went through something similar, and I have hey, this is my testimony. But I come to find out it's a little deeper than that. Hallelujah for revelation. Anyhow, let's go to first Samuel. Goliath stood and shout to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? I am not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become subjects and serve us. I think there's something that gets lost in the story of David and Goliath that we just kind of lose. You've got to understand, Greeks was big on this in that day. You know, if there was a dispute or something, they say, well, let's take my champion, you take your champion. They fight to the death. Whoever wins, wins the dispute. Goliath did this for 40 days. He is trying to pick a fight. That's what he's trying to do. That's all that's on his mind is pick a fight. What does the winner get? The winner gets, I've won the battle nation of Israel you're now our servants if you beat me then we become your servants there's a lot on the line here Saul's head could be on the chopping block okay so what was Saul thinking when he picked David with this with all this on the line what was he thinking I mean, you got to figure, he's got Israeli special forces, he's got Israeli black ops, he's probably got assassins at his disposal. Why in the world would he pick a little scrawny shepherd boy? Why would he agree to say, okay, I'm putting the fate of all of Israel on you? I mean, doesn't that blow our mind? I mean, this, is, this isn't, this is well, shoot, David lost. Well, let's go back to war. No, this is, the war's over. We lost. But see, we got to think like a Jew. So what did Saul see in David that he didn't see in any of his, the rest of his army? Well, we come to find out in the next, next verse. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went out out after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. So, what's going on here? David's given Saul his pedigree. What else is going on here? You see, the Jewish people believe that when you give a testimony, that makes it possible for God to do it again. You see, David was taking his faith, David was taking his expectation, he was putting it together, and he was creating an atmosphere that God says, hey, I can work in this. I can't work in all this fear because why had not I mean, Saul was bribing people. I will give you my daughter, I will give you riches, I will give you this, I will give you whatever. Somebody with some courage raise up and let's fight this guy. Nobody no nobody would even take the bribe. But then Saul saw a little shepherd boy come down. Said I'm not scared. The same God that delivered me from the lion and the bear will deliver me from Goliath. This is my testimony. I know my testimony is opening up the atmosphere so God can work and God said I can work with this. Goliath didn't realize he was a walking dead man right there at that point. The battle was over. So we know the story. He went out and he defeated Goliath. Why did he defeat Goliath? Because he had faith. He had expectation. D- did you, do you read anywhere where David said, well, he may deliver me from Goliath? There's a thin chance that I may die. I hope this happens in our favor. Nowhere in there does David make that statement. That's not his attitude. His attitude is this uncircumcised Philistine is going to be like the blind and the bear. It's going to die. So that's what. Uh, that's why faith and expectation. You know, I was. Oh, I always thought. You know, I've been delivered from the religious spirit. Probably several times and there's probably there's probably some deeper layers that need to even be delivered from even though. I always thought you know the, the, the devil had me believing that uh, you pray you hope you're good enough that God will answer your prayers. You know? You know the, the Lord has opened up my mind to no, expect it's not bad to expect God to do what his word says. Matter of fact, he expects us to expect him to do what he says. Get in line with God. So, you know, so it's not wrong for us to expect. You know, every Thursday and every Sunday when I walk through those doors, come down and sit in one of these trees, I expect something to happen. When, we, when I come Thursday, I expect there to be words of knowledge I expect to be there physical and emotional healings and I expect God to move and guess what in the last couple months God hasn't disappointed me not one time words of knowledge have been flowing through pastor like no no other healing has been flowing like no other it's been an amazing ride so now when I come to church I expect that to happen it happened this morning so I want to talk about and I'm going to bust another myth I've, I've heard people tell their children I've heard this question what is the strongest thing or the strongest person in the earth and they have trained their kids to say God well, I'm going to bust the myth that's not true Nothing I can prove that in the scripture so we're going to go, well, let me put it this way. It is, but it isn't. So I'll back up to that. So let's go to Mark. Now we're going to talk about the woman with the issue of blood. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him and in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. And immediately her bleeding stopped. And she fell felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. There was two kinds of attitude in that crowd that day. And I'm not not saying that there's a right one and there's a wrong one. I'm just saying there was two there that day. There was the attitude of the people that were just glad to see Jesus. Hey, you know, pat him on the back, let's get a hug. Selfie! you know that, that's all they expected out of Jesus they were just happy to see him but then there's that one woman that had that was just more than happy to see him she had an expectation she had an expectation that if I can just touch his clothes I'll be healed her faith her expectation equaled miracle she got healed and then Jesus, in the midst of this crowd, stopped and said, somebody touch me. And his disciples said, really? I mean, look at all these people crowding around you. Why, 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 didn't, why, did, why was it only one? Why didn't Jesus say, a multitude of people touch me? See, they didn't have no expectation to get anything from him. There was only one that had an expectation, and that was the woman. So see that's why I expect see that's why we got to play a part. It isn't just God and us doing whatever. We got to partner with Him to make this thing work. I forget what Matthew is. Can you put Matthew up there for a minute? Okay. I want to talk about another man. I want to talk about centurion. It's centurion. They had a sick ser- servant. He didn't even feel worthy to go to Jesus himself. He said some Jewish people, please go get Jesus. Bring him to my house so he can heal my servant. The word says they went to Jesus. Jesus agreed. They're on their way. He don't even get in his house. Evidently, the centurion must have got news that he was on his way. He was close. He may have looked out his window and saw Jesus coming. Now what's he do? He sends some more people out to say, Jesus, I'm not even worthy for you to come into my house. But I tell you right now, the faith and the expectation of you healing my servant is so great, all you gotta do is say the word, and he'll be healed. You don't even have to be here. It's the same one that says, I'm a man of authority. I tell soldiers to go, and they go. I tell soldiers to come, and they come. I tell servants to go, and they go, and I tell servants to come, and they come. See, this man had an understanding that Jesus had authority in the heavenly realm, that if he said the word, that there was a healing angel that would come to his house and heal his servant. And what happened? That exactly happened. The expectation, the faith, and what did Jesus say about I haven't, in all of Israel, I've never seen a man have faith like this guy. I mean, come on. You don't even have to be in my house. You don't even have to be close to me. Just speak the words. And I know you command healing angels that will come to my house and heal my servant. And that's exactly what happened. Now let's go to Matthew. Now this is where I'm going to try to prove my point that God is, he is, but he isn't the most powerful thing in the world. When Jesus had finished this parable, he moved on from there, coming to his hometown. He, became, he began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? They asked, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother named Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas... Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town and in his own home. He and he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. That's why I'm saying God ain't the most powerful thing in the world. If you ain't got no faith, God can't work. If you've got faith and expectation, God can work. He can do things. So now, I, I talked about all the things that happened in the Bible. And I just told you one of my expectations that every time I walk in this church, I expect miracles to happen, I expect signs and wonders to happen. And God has been disappointed Other expectation I have is that, that some way, somehow, somebody's going to get something out of this message today. That God is going to touch hearts, is going to maybe, I never saw it that way, or I never thought of it that way, and that God's going to move through this message. That's what my expectation is. That's what my faith is. Now, let's touch, into, let's touch back into Revelations about the part uh, they didn't love their lives unto death. I was watching a video on Victory Channel, and they was talking to a pastor. It's over in Pakistan. He's an American pastor that for years has been going to Afghanistan, ministering to the Afghanis, uh, raising up pastors, and you know setting them up to be a pastor. Of course, we all know what's going on in Afghanistan right now. So he was talking and, and he broke down. Well, he didn't, you know, I mean he started tears started coming. He said, I cannot believe the great faith, the great courage these pastors in Afghan F, Afghan has, because they have an opportunity to leave, but they're staying. They're saying, I want to see the Taliban saved talk about faith and expectation do you realize if they get caught they're going to die they're willing to put their life aside to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ there was another story he was telling and it was uh, they are Hazaras I think Hazara is kind of the ethnic group in Afghanistan hated the Taliban hate them they came up and they got with the underground church and they was wanting to cross the border and the underground church says you don't you know that the Taliban's on the border and as soon as you go to the border they're going to kill you they said well, we're going anyway so they went to the border The Taliban rejected them. Instead of killing them, they just turned them around and sent them back into Afghanistan. So what do these people do? Whoo! Dodged a bullet there. Well, we better go find a cave or somewhere to hide. No, they went away. Prayed said God opened that border Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Christ that border will be opened to us by the authority and the power of Jesus Christ that border will be open to us and we will get through 15 minutes later they go back every single one of them got across the border can you say faith expectation miracle and so you see today it is happening today all over the world so, faith plus expectation equals miracles. And then the next slide will have faith times expectation equals, equals miracles. You see, I didn't, I, I was questioning myself, why did God give me both of them? Why didn't he give me both, but then chose the times? And I was clear, he chose the times. You know, it wasn't no, well, man, I missed that one it wasn't until a couple days later he showed me why he showed me both the plus and the multiplication in Acts Acts 2.41, Acts 2.47, Acts 4.4, 4, Acts 5.12 all in scriptures talk about they added to the church daily the first one was they added three thousand I think the second one they added five thousand the next one he added like twenty five hundred to the church. But do you realize after Acts 6-1 there's no more addition, it's multiplication? What broke loose that we went from adding to multiplication? The people come to the apostles and said, hey, uh, our widows ain't getting taken care of. They're not getting their food. They're not getting the things they need. So the apostles said, we need more help. Give us seven filled with the Spirit, speaking in tongues. They laid hands on them. Stephen was one of those and he sent them out. That happened at the end of five. And then in six, multiplication happened because there was more people out doing the street ministry. You see, We should be called City Church U. Or in other words, City Church University. This is where we come to learn about the signs, about the miracles, about how to do it, how it's done. And then we should take it to the marketplace and do it. How did acts go from plus to multiplication? That's exactly what they did. When it was just the apostles doing it, it was addition. But when they got other people involved in the ministry, it was spirit-filled, spirit-led. Then the out, out in the streets, out in the highways, byways. Then the multiplication took place. And that's what I feel. That's why God wouldn't let me set on faith plus expectation equals miracles that's why he changed it to multiplication because he wants to get he he don't want it all to be on pastor Roger and pastor Heather's shoulders he wants the congregation the ecclesia to rise up and say hey if they can do it I can do it because he's no respecter of men they have taught us they have poured into us now let's take it out there in the streets by the leading of the Holy Spirit and say, put, you know, use me. It may be at work, it may be at Walmart, it may be wherever, gas station, wherever. But be open and watch. The addition turn into multiplication. That's all it got, Pastor. <laughs>
1: That's that's uh, more than enough. Let's go ahead and stand together. Hallelujah! Those for uh, going to um, bring more agreeing prayer. Come on down front, and then we have a small group today. But uh, those like uh, are going to be interceding. Would you just lift your heads to the Lord, because there has been an outpouring of God's love. Encouragement, overwhelming and good insight. I want to stand with Glenn and the encouragement. With you touching people, there's this moment in Eli- uh, Elisha's life when that anointing came upon him from Elijah leaving and he dropped the mantle upon him and he came up to the Jordan River and he said where's the God of Elijah and the river parted that anointing came upon him the anointing of Jesus Christ is upon you there are people around you so you just say well where's the God of the people that I'm that minister to me well he's right there with you so you take a risk you step out and you speak everybody say the word love today people are so packed with fear anybody that approaches him with a spirit of love is received anybody that approaches him with a spirit of love and said can I pray for you is received there's very few people today that would say no to that the doors are what Jesus says the harvest field is ripe it's ripe there are on occasion people that are so hurt that they don't know what to do with themselves but you and I have Jesus Christ walking in us you know I want to Just keep your heads up just for a moment because Jesus is doing a whole lot more in the room than we are. And I just want to acknowledge him. He is here.
2: I sense that life has taken this weird thing now I don't even want to acknowledge it, but it, it's there. We know it. And I don't know if it happened before all of the COVID or if it's just kind of what we've flown into because of it, but we are the church. You are the church. How many of you in the marketplace when you were working You couldn't wait to tell somebody about Jesus. How many of you today just get real quiet at work or real quiet wherever you are? Because if I talk about it, I can get really shunned. Well, let me tell you, you got to stop that. You got to just open up and ask Holy Spirit to give you a beautiful inroad in this place we're at right now, the marketplace, because it isn't going to happen in here, loved ones. It's only going to happen out there. People are not coming in the doors of churches, and so we got to go get them. you got to go get them. Now, you can do that. You, I'm not saying to walk into your marketplace and say, you need Jesus, I'm taking you to church." They probably look at you like you're nuts. But you pick somebody, loved one, in your your place of influence and you start praying for them. And you keep praying for them and you don't stop praying for them. And you start declaring over them faith-filled words with expectation. And you watch and do what the blessing book says, start blessing them And I guarantee you, within a few months, or maybe longer, who knows, you're going to wind up having them stumble up to your desk or wherever and say, you know, I'm really having a tough time. Boom, there's your opportunity. I'm telling you, it will work because that's how the Lord is doing it now things have changed now if you don't feel confident that you can do that i want you to come down we're going to dismiss here please go over and enjoy the wonderful they worked so hard to prepare for that but just come down here and we'll lay hands on you and release that on you just just a quick release and just say be released into the marketplace and do what jesus tells you to do and that's all that is. Just laying hands on you as a point of agreement. That—that that all it is, okay? Roger and I and Pastor Glenn and the pastors on staff here are here to take care of you. Your responsibility is to take care of the marketplace. If you don't do that, and don't hear me, I'm, I'm speaking the truth. If you do not do that, you will answer to the Lord for that. Now, I didn't say you had to go out and try and get somebody saved. I said you pick somebody the Holy Spirit highlights to you and you start praying for them, okay? I don't want to stand before Jesus and him say, why didn't you teach your people to go out into the marketplace, okay? Now, we've talked about this in different ways and training and all of that, but it's a good refresher, right? Your neighbor the place where you work a lot of us are retired okay well pick a neighbor start praying for them start blessing them and sure enough you'll wind up in the garden and they'll be looking over their fence saying will you pray for me i'm telling you it'll happen and there are some of you who know that because you've done it amen sorry i didn't mean to get into that, but it was just such a good reminder, Glenn. Thank you.
1: Very, very good. Praise the Lord. Well, listen, we're going to dismiss. You go have fellowship and come down and pray. Whatever the Lord leads you to do, let's go ahead and do that now. Amen.